Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Mike Baston with us. He is the owner and CEO of Foothill Sports Medicine Physical Therapy. They have 25 locations in the Phoenix Valley, as well as 10 additional locations in Tucson, Arizona. Mike also has 31 years of experience in the physical therapy industry. Mike, thanks for coming on. JT, thanks for having me. Uh, Really appreciate it. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to to talk to you and just kind of get to know a little bit more about your background, about yourself, and in physical therapy. Would you be able to go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background on yourself? Yeah, like JT said, Mike Baston. uh, I'm a physical therapist for, gosh, now 31 years. Um, Got my uh, PT degree in Wisconsin, lacrosse, and when I did that, I decided to move out west for five years. And I'm still here. And so it's been a great run, great journey. Um, started, uh, um, what originally brought me out here was the interest in uh, working with athletes. I'm also an athletic trainer. And so um, I wanted to um, get my feet wet at working with professional teams, which I had an opportunity to do. I had a, uh, was afforded a lot of great opportunities. And from there, uh, I just continued with my passion. Uh, stayed stayed at generally at in the same type of arena working with with athletes working with collegiate uh, players uh, uh, exclusively at uh, one point during during the first 10 years and uh, 10 years into it I decided to venture off and and go on my own uh, part of my responsibilities during that first 10 years was to set up clinics for uh, a sports medicine hospital based um, facility. And uh, I don't want to say I'm a slow learner, but call it a slow learner. I said four or five of them up and thought I could do it on my own. Um, and that's what I did. Started the first one in 2000 and it was, um, had, had a great opportunity. A friend allowed me to use some space and that's all, that's all I needed, uh, uh was a little space. And, and from there, it just, um, uh, off to the races. When I say off to the races, it really wasn't off to the races. There's a lot of uh, mistakes along the way, uh, a lot of uh, checks and balances. Uh, but here we are today, uh, 37 clinics into it, and um, just just uh, it's been a great journey. Have have some great partners. Uh, have a great uh, team. Uh, just surround myself with great people. Um, have an amazing wife, uh, two incredible kids, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, and um, as of yesterday, a new puppy. That's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. And I'm excited to be able to kind of dive into all these things, like you said, off to the races, but obviously there was a lot of learning in between the beginning spot and now. And so I kind of wanted to know what initially got you into physical therapy, how did you get introduced to it, and why did you decide to make that your profession? Well, uh, I didn't take the traditional uh, road of going into school right away out of uh, to college right away after high school. 
uh, my dad was in, he was a contractor, he had a construction company and my, my uh, desire uh, out of high school was to take over his construction company. Uh, four years uh, into it, I decided uh, that that wasn't, I wasn't as passionate as I thought I would be about uh, construction. I love building, I love the relationships, uh, but uh, that's not, that's not where I was at. Um, I knew uh, a physical therapist, um, spent some time, not personally, I drove my sister to therapy and thought that that's a pretty cool gig. Um, I knew an orthopedic surgeon. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. So I went to school for to be an ortho or a, a PT. And uh, a, after a year of, um, uh, of following, shadowing, I uh, really wanted to get my uh, hands on patients, and and PT was my my direction. There we go. And so with that, did you always have in mind you had PT? Did you have that same mindset because you wanted to own your, your father's company? Did you have that entrepreneurial spirit growing up or did you ever imagine yourself being a CEO of such a successful practice and, and honestly just a company? You know, uh, at thinking back, you know, CEO, I would never thought, well, PTs can be CEOs. Um, um, and looking back, you know, my I was given uh, great um, – uh, leads by my father he showed me the way and if if uh if you're to ask me uh a mentor he he would be my number one mentor he showed me how to um treat people with compassion and respect and he he showed me what hard work was and uh, accountability uh was and so you know, where, where do you, where can you learn that, those type of uh, skills? It, they're hard to come by. And I had a great role model had many role models. Um, but he, he was my number one. And, and from there, I think the question is, uh, did I ever think of myself as an op- entrepreneur? Yeah. I always had that, um, dialed in, in my back of my brain. I wanted to take over my dad's business. Um, construction wasn't, uh, as uh, I wasn't as passionate, shall I say, about construction as I thought I'd be. Um, uh, but going into PT, yeah, I always thought that I'd want my own clinic. Now, how many clinics? I didn't go into it thinking, oh, I want uh, X amount of clinics. But I did go into it thinking, what can I geographically service with the right type of a model? And so initially, I, I did have an idea of, of spread out in the valley of how how we could achieve that perfect and yeah so i want to go a little bit into into a deeper dive on that so you became an entrepreneur you opened up your own first clinic and i wanted to kind of know what were some of those big challenges when you first decided to take on becoming an entrepreneur and opening up your own clinic well i think the biggest the biggest challenge uh was fear itself of of going on my own um, it's, um, I had this conversation with my father and, and he said, uh, I was, I was with a, um, uh, hospital. I ran their sports medicine, uh, department and, uh, he said, well, you have a pretty stable job. Why would you ever leave? And, and that struck me. I remember that moment. Cause I thought, well, um, is how, how stable is it? And, and how much control would I have? And I, I thought just the opposite. I'm like, it's, it's more of a risk not to go out on my own. Uh, and so um, the fear, the fear was uh, the number one 
uh, challenge. And I can tell you, I didn't, I, uh, I didn't jump, uh, take the leap of faith, uh, until, uh, I was given an opportunity, another opportunity from a friend of mine. Uh, he said, come down and use some space uh, in my, in my office. And we were on a plane flight back from, um, New York. We just finished an Ironman up in Lake Placid. And, and, um, he says, well, you've been talking about it. Oh, why don't you do it? And I said, yeah, I think I will. He says, well, I'll give you the space. I'm like, fantastic. Okay. He says, so when are you going to start? And this is all on the plane trip. Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, just pump the brakes, my friend. I'm just, <laughs> let, me, let me, let me digest this. He says, no, no, I need a date because, uh, I need a date today. Otherwise I'm not going to offer it to you. Uh, I said, October one, this is done. And so this is in early August. And so, um, there, there you have it. Uh, I was committed and I had that much time to set up, uh, uh, where, how I was going to roll this out. And, uh, I didn't start October one. I, uh, my very first patient was actually October uh, 31st, Halloween. Uh, but actually I was open a week prior and I was wondering why no one was showing up. (laughs) I'm like, is my (laughs) phone connected? (laughs) I mean, do people not know I'm open? So uh, actually, it's um, it's a funny story because it's 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 one one that a lot of uh, new practice owners can can appreciate because they've been in the same shoes. It's like, well, you need to go really go after that business and 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 network and and be accountable and and do whatever it takes to get the job done. And so, uh, yeah, October thirty first, had my first patient. Um, I had a hundred percent growth the next week because I got another new patient. So I was, I was pretty cool. And then the third week I had another hundred percent. I got two new patients. So, um, my, my, uh, stats and trends were uh, off the charts. <laughs> it's a great, great trend line. <laughs> there we go. That is, that is like very just amazing that all of a sudden on a, on a plane ride back, you are talking about it. You have the idea. I mean, and your friend is just so, supportive and like almost to a point where like really getting you going but that's so cool that from that moment that in such a short amount of time because honestly i've felt overwhelmed and i'm like i need so much time to create that but like just right here you saying these things shows that okay if you prepare yourself and do things that properly and have that experience kind of like what you said you can do those things and have that confidence what were some of those barriers so you opened up the, the doors to your clinic and then you said no one showed up for that first week what were some of those you said kind of uh, marketing and reaching out and creating that network. What were some of those things that you found were most successful in early on to just kind of getting that, the, the wheels turning and getting those traction going? I think the biggest, um, changer game changer for me was just really being honest with, um, accountability and my approach. And, you know, the thing is with, uh, us as PTs, I mean, we're tree huggers, right? We're very granola like, and, you know, we love to give things away for free. And we, we, um, we just like helping people. Um, that's part of, part of our, our makeup, right? That's what makes us who we are and why we want to, um, uh, um, go out on our own and, and or not go out on our own. Yes. It's passion that drives you. Um, so I, the, the big thing was, um, being honest with myself and, uh, going out and carving out time to actually market and act after uh, going out and, and, you know, it's just like 
just like anything else when when you go and cold call you know, you're going to get some rejection and you know i actually started liking going out and, and doing sales calls and but um that created a problem in itself because all of a sudden uh, the more i went out and and um shall i say marketed actually it's really business development or sales um the busier i got and then i couldn't go out and and, and um market as much or sell as much to physicians and so i was caught in a little bit of a um, sawtooth um, trend where i get uh, a number of new clients and then i'd be in the clinic and then because I wasn't out networking, um, uh, creating relationships, um, then my my new patient stat would go down. So this this sawtooth would up and down, up and down, and so that's when I went and, and uh, got some more uh, business training on uh, accountability and steps to take uh, according to trends that you're in, and and that's how um, my business development piece came into the business. And that's when I felt comfortable enough to open up number two with some um, understanding trends, what to do about uh, a downtrend, what to do about an uptrend, specific steps to take uh, according to the, the business as it as uh, it was. Perfect. And yeah, I kind of wanted to go into that aspect of it that you said after that you started beginning to scale your company. What are some of those big steps in learning along the way? how to scale a company properly and just be able to grow in an adequate way by also maintaining a company culture and a vision for Foothills. Yeah. One of the reasons um, I'll back up a little bit before I, I, I left where I was at, you uh, know, uh, I worked for a, a, a hospital setting in a sports medicine uh, clinic. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't um, in agreement uh, philosophically with their approach uh, i um i b- believed in meritocracy uh i i had the had a lot of employees underneath me at the hospital and i had the ability to give them between a two and a four percent raise each year and i just thought that was uh it's just the oddest approach uh because if you do really bad if you weren't even accountable you got two percent and if you're really accountable you got four percent um, when it comes down to it, big deal. <laughs> so the, I, I believe the harder you work, uh, the better you should do. And so that's one of the reasons I left. So with, with that in mind, um, uh, it fits into the, the, the um, partnership with uh, how I set up the model. Uh, it, it, it set up uh, how employees are treated today. Uh, I believe the better they do, the better they should do. And, and I, I believe in creating those uh, financial, personal, professional pathways for them that they, they have an upward mobility. And, and if they're accountable and, and execute on what they're supposed to execute on, they do really well. Uh, looking back at scaling, um, you know, I... I had to find, I couldn't open up clinic number two unless I had the right mindset. Uh, because when you, when you look at it, the, and you can, in PTs can, uh, they can recognize this. The, the more successful clinics really have a driving, a driving uh, mindset behind that. A leader of the clinic, shall I say, uh, someone who's gonna um, help 
mentor and, and, and grow people, um, someone who's accountable. Um, and also, uh, I, I wanted to make sure that, that we didn't treat this like a, a self-employed type of a, a situation. I wanted a more of a business approach because when people go on vacation, I want them to go on vacation. And the difference between a one shop, one, uh, one shop operator is when they go on vacation, um, do they really go on vacation? They're always thinking about it. They're wondering how their numbers are doing and, and if the patients are being treated appropriately. I know they are because that's what I used to think. I still think that. But, you know, it, it's a little different mindset uh, from self-employed to business owner where you have a team uh, that you're working with from clinic to clinic to clinic um, that that are there to deliver the results that you're looking for. So it's it's treated differently. It's it's entrepreneurial. Uh, it's definitely accountable a system with meritocracy and um, it's it's um, going into the culture. That's a that's a wicked wicked word uh, in my eyes because people this culture is what you what you believe. It's what you think. And, uh, you know, I was in a situation five years ago where I did acquire a group uh, down in Tucson, and, and I, I acquired it based on uh, what I was sold on, on, on culture. Um, but when I got down there, I looked at going to Tucson as going to a different state. There, this was our practice to go outside the state. It's 100 miles away, far enough away that it's going to challenge my team and, and uh, fine-tune processes. So get down there and, and uh, find out that the mindset didn't have the right mindset in the clinics. Um, they, they had the right culture, but the culture was geared specifically to the physical therapist and not to the front office, not to the sales and marketing team, not to the techs. And it just was not a, it wasn't a fair, fair deal. And what happened was, um, it was, it was, um, the, the schedules were, um, were very interesting and, uh, shall I say it was, it was very difficult for existing patients to get back in once they were seen once. And so I had a, I had a challenge. I thought I bought great culture. Uh, and what, ha- what happened was I bought a culture that needed some, some serious repair right away. Um, because, uh, I was losing, um, the backing of physicians because patients couldn't get in established patients couldn't get in because of uh how how things were getting scheduled based on the mindset of the clinic directors so you know it's another another um hard hard knock on me it's um you know i, I try not to make the same mistake twice sometimes i do um but i i had to get over the fear of changing out the mindsets and that's what I did and, and since I did that it's it's been just a um, phenomenal uh, uh, story and uh, they're doing fantastic and I have, I have a, the right team down there with the right mindset and the mindset it's not only it's not only on uh, the uh, patient experience it's also the employee experience you know that, that we need to dial that in needs to be in a great experience for the employees because um, um, if you don't have the right people on the right bus you're, you're 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 dead in the water and so that 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 team needs to be dialed in and that has to be a great journey for them as well and and then further translates to the patients 
That's perfect, and thank you for sharing those things. One of the things that stood out to me is when you said when you acquired that other practice, you talked about the importance of fine-tuning your processes and making those things um, become able to be kind of duplicated at other places that are, are maybe not kind of in your direct line of sight in that sense. What are the importances of creating great processes and, and creating those things where everyone can be on the same page in that communication? What are some of the things that you've learned along with those lines? Well, uh, I think first and foremost, uh, we can't be good at everything. And so, um, you know, I always want to bring on people who have uh, a great skill set in certain areas. And, you know, I'm not going to tell them what to do. Uh, I'm going to um, uh, let them know what I would like ex expected. And and from there, uh, the processes that are, in, are involved, uh, processes are always changing. And um, I think that those that adapt quickly uh, in the right manner do really well. And, and also with the processes, making sure that communication is at an all-time high. And, you know, things get lost in translation all the time, but I, I think that if, if you have a, if, if your team knows where, where you're going, you have the roadmap and it's a little easier to get there than um, throwing things against the wall and see if they stick. And, and again, just communication, uh, well-defined processes, and it might be, it might be uh, human resources, it might be uh, hiring, it might be onboarding, it might be billing. And uh, when I did make the journey to Tucson t uh, five years ago, you know, it, it was a whole different game because the the contracts are different in in Tucson as they are in Phoenix. So actually, I took that as an opportunity to um, to fine tune the process of billing overall and really dial in you know how, how many how many um uh, payment posters do you really need to post x amount of claims and so you know we have systems al along that and we have expectations and if people know their expectations then they can deliver on them if you just hire someone and let's say you say that you hire a therapist and there there are no expectations well, what are they going after what are they trying to achieve uh, here's the expectation, you know, your, your NPS score needs to be at this level. Uh, your education needs to be at this level. We want, uh, this type of education in, uh, um, uh, uh, courses taken or, uh, tell us your passion. We'll help you get there. We'll help them get, get there. And, uh, again, if it's, if it's articulated to them and they have, they have, uh, very specific, uh, gates to go through, and they understand them uh, from day one, uh, there typically isn't uh, a disconnect. It's, it's the times that when things are not uh, articulated to them that I, I found looking back that, yeah, I missed this. They didn't know that this was expected of them. Now, how does, a, how, how does um, uh, someone in sales know what's expected unless you tell them, you know, you, you should be seeing 20 to 25 physicians a week and this is uh the your referral should be this and this is how you track that and so that's how that's how we run business okay that's good and honestly like just speaking of all these different business terms and things that you've used i definitely like at a point i kind of i'm like i don't know that i don't know this and feel overwhelmed like because i love pt school and like we talked about this a little bit before we started recording the podcast that we learn how to become great clinicians but the business and entrepreneurial side, we don't really have a lot of exposure to. I mean, honestly, because the goal is becoming clinicians and passing the boards. 
what are some words of advice or like tools that you found useful in growing that side? I think you mentioned like taking some business classes and things, learning on that. Um, what are some ways that if somebody's interested in that, that could further gain knowledge and gain that information? Well, the first place I would start is um, what are you passionate about? And find your passion, which you really enjoy working with. I, I like working with this type of patient. I wor like working with that type of patient. Yeah, and then making sure that you understand your value. Um, because as PTs, we undervalue our service all day long. And we're so incredibly valuable. There's no one else that can treat musculoskeletal like we can. No one. Bar none, no one. And so that's that's huge. Um, as a new grad, uh, I... I I want new grads to really get their hands on uh, patients and um, see with their hands and feel with their eyes and understand uh, these, these small little um, um, uh, movements that you can uh, impart on someone that will make a, uh, impactful change to them. It might be a, a small little mobilization here or there. And, you know, understanding tissue tensions and and thinking through. You know, just because it hurts in your hip doesn't mean it's really your hip. It could be somewhere else. And uh, and really, it takes it takes a, a while to get your get your feet wet um, as a new grad. And so, talk to as many clinicians as you can. Um, and have an open mind just because you have a, a degree that, that says you're a DPT, doctor of physical therapy, uh, you, you're just getting started. And uh, I've been doing this 31 years. I'm a, I'm a con ed junkie. Uh, and so I, I love uh, learning new techniques. And, I, you know, I still put my hands on patients. And, uh, you know, that's where I'd start. Get your, get your, make sure you're comfortable with your, your skill set. You just, you're, you're going to continue to learn. It's more tools in the toolbox. And then start looking at kind of the direction you're going to go and start carving out that niche. And if you're, if you're entrepreneurial uh, and even want to take the leap of faith and opening up a, a, your practice, uh, understand, understand uh, um, the payers, understanding uh, the, uh, you know, these aren't little things. They're big things. Eight minute rule and the rule of eights and really, um, uh, understanding the law and how it can be applied and and making sure that uh, you you have the right um, uh, right team behind you making sure that you're following the right trends um, there's there's several trends that drive a business but if you don't have that uh, that new patient then you don't get that patient visit that's <laughs> right and so um, those are two two uh, clearly uh, important trends and in how are you going to go about uh, getting that new patient what's your networking um, I, there's so many different ways of networking you know we're so busy in the clinic that sometimes uh, we forget that uh, that it's, it's good to get out there and, and communicate with physicians and PAs and you know what uh, let's look at the blue ocean how about the community and and uh, showing up for uh, a running club and, and, you know, dialing that in and uh, taking fielding some of their questions or you, tell me one running group that doesn't have injured people that need some advice. They all do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you have so many different sports out there that you can tap into, but take it slow and, and uh, find a mentor. 
find a mentor to, to kind of help you through that. It's, it's good to talk to, to people. And there's a lot of successful uh, groups out there and, and, and um, clinics tap into them and see what they have to say. And hopefully you can uh, glean something from them. And, and um, I'm sure they have, they have a lot to uh, uh, advise you on. Perfect. Uh, one thing that I have just like in my short time of starting the podcast and doing everything, one of the biggest trends I've seen is everybody who's been a successful entrepreneur, one of the first things they mention when we talk about these type of things of growing is the need for constant learning and like gaining that knowledge and progressing in multiple different ways. And I feel like just just in my limited time already, just being able to have these interviews on the podcast, that's just been a very constant trend is that everybody who's been successful has never become stagnant, has constantly been growing and trying to progress. And I love that you reiterated that as well. It's just further clarifies to me the importance of that and to really just use those resources around you to gain those experiences because everything like everything we have around us we can gain that that opportunity to learn from and that's honestly like kind of just as a background to all the listeners so my initial initial experience with physical therapy like as far as a clinic and, and doing it was actually with foothills when i was in high school out at the surprise location with them and I, that's where I really like got into it. I was like, okay, I think I can see myself getting into this career field. I enjoy working with the patients. I enjoy this aspect. And then, I mean, from that initial experience to now where I'm actually doing another clinical rotation at one of their Scottsdale clinics, it's been so cool to see how different clinics and just different, like I can gain this, like you say, glean that information and resources from all these different people and gain that knowledge and that expertise of people that are, are so much more ahead of me. And so I, I really am thankful for, for you for doing that and giving, I mean, honestly, myself these opportunities to be introduced to physical therapy and, and gain all this information and knowledge. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, and so I kind of, you mentioned it really quick and I wanted to kind of highlight it. You mentioned the importance of getting a mentor and earlier on in the podcast episode, you talked about your dad being a really big mentor in your life. Have there any other, have there been any other mentors throughout your career, maybe even in the physical therapy realm or just besides without like outside of physical therapy, besides your dad that have really made a big impact in your life that, and the things that they've taught you, you've still tried to apply today. Yeah, I could go on and on with uh, different mentors, and let me hit the big ones. My father, of course, uh, he showed me the way. He showed me what hard work was uh, and work ethic and and, and tr treating people right. Um, I had a high school counselor who I got to know really well, um, not because of going to the counseling office, but I played hockey with his son. And um, I used to go on trips, and so um, we became friends. And, and uh, when I was looking – to get back into um, go back to college, he was a huge, huge um, piece of of uh, that directive, and uh, I can't thank um, uh, him enough. Ralph Craver, his name is. Uh, I had a, a fantastic uh, professor that uh, showed me, um, uh, took me underneath his wing, and um, showed me the art of uh, of a sports medicine clinic. Uh, George Davies, uh, he's uh, uh tremendously influential in my in my life um not only with the pt but also also the athletic training component yeah i looked at opportunities uh uh my early the the, the person that brought me down to arizona in the first place i, I was only going to come down to her to uh, for five years but uh it's been such a great journey rich elsner brought me down here uh, and he gave me the opportunity 
uh, and he he uh, did a great deal of mentoring. Uh, and then I look at I look at my my current uh, team, uh, my partners. You know that they, they too are mentors. I pick up little things here and there. I pick up. Uh, I was getting mentored yesterday from our CFO. It's so there's so many different uh, opportunities and so many great uh, people to uh, learn from that. Uh, I can, I can, like I said, I can go on and on, and uh, um, and that's just the business uh, uh, component. There's other uh, mentors, uh, whether it's spiritually or, or otherwise, that that it, it's um, they've been impactful. And at the end of the day, it's you know why why are we, why are we in this position? You know, it's to to make a difference. And how can we how can we better someone else's life? Yeah, that is exactly. I think as a profession, like you said earlier, we're here to help people, and we want to. Have that mindset. I think in every in every aspect of our of our lives, not just in our profession in physical therapy, but we want to help people in the same sense. I think we find that too around us. We can, so many people want to help each other, and so I love that. I wanted to know as well, what is something just in general throughout your career that once you learned it, it was such an aha moment or such a big thing that you would wish you had learned it sooner. The aha moment, um, gosh. Uh, I have a lot of those, <laughs> uh, but I, I think the, um, I, I gotta, I gotta have to go really uh, deep on this one and, and say that, uh, and this is, goes back to fear. Uh, don't be fearful of making a change because the aha that happens every single time is when you trust your gut and, and do what you think is right and make a change and don't be fearful of the change it'll it, it will if it's if it's planned out it will work out um it, it it just it just gets so much better and so and that's that's just a big big uh um lofty hairy one that i think a lot of people uh, uh sometimes um uh sit back uh and 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 uh i don't want to say perseverate on uh but it's hard to Take the leap of faith, and uh, I heard this a long time ago, but um, you know, you know, reiterate it here. There's um, three frogs on a lily pad. Two decide to jump. How many frogs are left? Well, all three, because they decided, but they didn't jump. And so the, you know, it's okay to take the leap of faith. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Uh, you fail, okay. Well, you learn something. Are you going to be in a better or worse spot? Probably better, and it's okay. I like that a lot. Would you mind? I got, this is just something I just that I thought of. Would you mind kind of sharing an experience where you took that leap of faith, you jumped, and then one that you kind of really just felt like you learned and you had that aha moment and that relief, and then one that maybe wasn't so easy, maybe had some struggles, but you learned so much from it. Do you have? two that come to mind at all with those experiences? Well, I already mentioned one about the leap of faith of starting private practice. But exactly, let me, yeah. take a diff- let, let me take a different one, um, which, which is even uh, more fearful, is, is uh, leaving a, uh, uh, an opportunity to take over a construction company and, and just believing in, you know, what is the worst thing that can happen here? And, and it was a very difficult decision. Mind you, I'm 22. I'm going back to college. And so <laughs> I'm going to be, so that was fearful itself. So, but it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a great, um, it was a great learning experience and I had a, a ton of fun. Uh, 
some uh some that didn't work out um you know i uh I'll, I'll, I'll tell you um here's here's one that didn't work out uh, i knew i needed uh uh some changes uh, in in a certain department um that i currently have and uh, i had the right person and uh, the aha moment was wow this person really understands uh this component of the business okay where it didn't work out which is the other aha associated with it is the people skill that the person had was not the right people skill and was actually uh i ended up uh, losing more employees that that way because of this hire even though they had the right skill set uh they did not have the skill set in in the sense of uh treating people with dignity and respect and so um and then i'm going to turn it back around into a positive the uh third aha that came out of that is finally finding the person that had that and along with other attributes that really spun uh, my company to a higher level that is awesome that's something that I think with both those first two experiences that you shared about is that willingness to almost bet on yourself, to believe in yourself and say, like not have that fear of like being complacent or like that stagnant, that you wanted to grow and progress and that you had that confidence in yourself and your abilities. And obviously that's took, taking you to those such great heights and such success. So I really commend you for that. And that has been so awesome to be able to be a part of as well, um, being an employee at that time and now having my clinical opportunity there. I also wanted to kind of just ask before we wrap up, um, if someone is interested in talking with you and being able to connect with you, what would be some of the best ways? And then as well, is there any other additional information or advice you'd like to share with us before finishing up? Oh, um, best way to get a hold of me is my uh, email, mbaston, B-A-S-T-E-N, at Foothills Rehab. F O O T H I L L S R E H A B dot com, uh, or I, I have a I have a direct line too. I'm happy to field calls. It's four eight zero six eight nine five five one five. Sometimes our email is pretty pretty uh, tight security, so <laughs> give you two options. As far as any advice, um, you know, I, I would say that you know follow your passion uh, and make sure that uh, that you you love what you're doing and if you don't like what you're doing there's nothing more miserable than staying in that position but find find your passion find what you like to do and 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 make sure that you there's a value behind it uh if if you like if you find a passion and there's no value that's a hobby right um but if you find a passion and you can uh you can get some uh value out of it um understand that your your value is is most likely likely more than what you think it is uh, again there's no one that can treat musculoskeletal uh better than physical therapists and you know have an open mind uh look at uh, uh 15 20 years ago there wasn't dry needling there wasn't cupping there wasn't blood flow restriction. so all these those are just three little uh small little things that actually changed uh, how we do business. And if you think that that's where it's going to end, man, uh, we need to open up our minds. And that's we're just scratching the surface on, on um, things to come. So I'm, I'm excited. I love our profession. I'm excited for, for 
PTs, PTAs, uh, techs that are going to go uh, into into school and become PTs or PTAs. Uh, this this profession is is rocking. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I and I love that you've talked about that. That you highlighted that we're a profession that is has that such advanced knowledge and education, but we're also continually trying to grow and progress. And I feel like that's going to continue to be the trend in our profession with the passionate people that we have. Um, but Mike, I really thank you for your time. There's a lot of, I feel like, golden nuggets that I'm excited to go back and re-listen to. And I hope the audience and all of our listeners are able to re-listen and, and have that value and be able to write those things down. But thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, GT. A lot of fun. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good one. You as well. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.